0: Well, Saku is a very, very special guy. He's got a big, big heart. Uh, Saku is the only player that I went to get at the airport. To this day, I don't remember who asked me and why. That wasn't my job. So he was uh, coming at night around 10 o'clock from Finland. So I went to pick him up. And right off the bat, I could see he was a different kid, you know, because he was tired. He was tired, but. He was asking me about the fans, about the city. He was like, his eye was wide well open. What about this player? What about that and all that? And then, and then he was hungry, so we went to a McDonald's. Where do you want to go? i just a quick McDonald's, I'm tired. I just want a quick burger, so he still owe me that kind of money, that, that money. <laughs> from that, he no money. He had no money.
1: When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious. And I don't care. <laughs> I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going town. To That'll be a suspension. Jervy, welcome to the Raw Knuckles podcast. Awesome to have you. Uh, my partner, Thank Tim you. Stapleton. Uh, I don't Hi, Tim. know if you know Jerry. Tim. Tim played in Toronto, he played some in Winnipeg. But, um, okay. Uh, an awesome guy. And uh, we've been doing this for a little bit now. We're having fun. So. Um. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to doing this, and let's get her going now. Oh God! <laughs> let's go. Oh, listen. Let's jump. I I just think back, Pierre, when you first came in to the Montreal Canadiens, and when I got here in '79. You know, I was in awe of the locker room, uh, the players, all these guys, Hall of Famers, all guys I hated for years because I was such a Bruins fan. And mm-hmm. now I'm here, right in the middle of it all. You getting called up from Sherbrooke? What was it like that first time you walked mm-hmm. in that room? Like, t- t- tell me.
0: Well, my the very, very first time I walked in that room was '84, my first training camp. Because usually the uh, American Hockey League team or personal comes and give yeah. them to the. Do- Training camp. So, my very first time, I remember Eddie came to get me at the door, you know, on that water and the mental So, Eddie came and get me. And then uh, the first guy that I saw in the room was uh, Flower. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: I guess.
0: So, he, he just like shook my hand and he knew me from Sherbrooke because he was part owner of the Sherbrooke uh, Beavers. It you know, was journey thing. Yeah. So, he kind of shook my hand and shaved me a little bit. And I hey, kid, uh, welcome in the room and all that. So, that was my very first time. I did a couple of camps. And the very, very first time as uh, real stuff was uh, in the playoffs, 1986. We had won the cup in Sherbrooke in '85, they the Calder Cup, and then uh, the next year we didn't make the playoffs. So what it wasn't you know result. Was getting a little, uh, you know, a little touchy and all that. So Serge called me up just to make sure someone was going to be there to do this case and all that, if ever, because two that was there couldn't do anything with that. So I got called up, and uh, back then you remember, I mean you guys barely made the playoffs. So I told my uh, my wife, I said, uh, well, Serge wants me to go to Montreal, so I'll be gone for a couple of weeks, and <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. And then hell of a sudden, you know, that boom, 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 start going and won the cup. So that was absolutely fantastic. But
1: me. walking in that room the first time, being a oh being a kid it's, from it's, Quebec, it's,
0: it's, you, you know, you're a good chain, no, new and, uh, and it, Chris, it's Chris, I can describe. Yeah. I can describe and all my years as a walking into the farm was something special all my years. It was like every day I was walking in that room and Mm -hmm. that building was something very special. Um, And, and, and by the way, uh, I remember I always had so much respect for you because when I came in in 87 for good, you invited me at your house uh, for dinner with my wife. So, you know, Chris Tannen is, that big. I'm just coming yeah. from Sherbrooke. I'm just a kid, so he was such a good teammate, and I, 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 it's in the book. I, I'm I'm telling anybody, such a good teammate, such a guy that took care of his staff, took care of players, took care of everybody. That was absolutely awesome. Well, do you remember? Do you. <laughs> you
3: remember what you ate? Because he was just saying how good of a and cookie no, I, was. I, I, I,
0: I didn't. <laughs> Maybe he do some Saint Hubert barbecue.
1: So, uh, Jervy, you—I'll <laughs> um, never forget it when um, that first year was awesome and win a Stanley Cup your first year coming in. It just awesome. You write this book um, uh, called Le- "Au, Au-, Au coeur de Vester en Français," the heart of the dressing room. And um, It's
0: going to be Tales of
1: Dressing yeah, Room. Yeah, Tales maybe. of the Dressing Room. So Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, listen, I, I want to go back. And I learned something when I read this book. And I, I didn't know this. And I played for years against the Nordiques and hated, not hated Michel Bergeron. But, you know, we had that dislike. But respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I played yeah. for him, for the New York Rangers. And I absolutely love Bergie. I loved them. Yeah. He was yeah. so awesome. But I did not know the story that here you are, this young kid. You live next door to him. He goes on the road. You shovel his driveway. And then yeah. you get the balls uh, <clears throat> uh, to go ask them if you can help them uh, it, with the Three Rivers drivers, right? Is that, That's yeah. the story. Yeah. I didn't yeah.
0: know this. Well, I... I, I the balls to go to him. <laughs> I went to his wife. <laughs> yeah, he went to his wife. Well, <laughs> right, so I guess she saw me uh, something the drive at two in the morning, and then uh, you know, one day she was outside, and I, I just went to see her and said, "I was going to the practice anyways." My my school was like five minutes walk from the tour of that college there, the ice rink. So I was going, they used to practice at 4, 4 30. So after my school, I used to go there, watch practice, go to a game, pay my tickets, go to the game, and following the team on the radio, like on the road. That was just, yeah. And then uh, I went to Sierra, and uh, that was like a few months later, All of a sudden, uh, he gave my parents a call, asked me, asked my parents if I could go to the, their training camp, which was in Montreal. We had like 96 players. <laughs> we were about three guys. That was crazy. But anyways, uh, my parents said, yeah, sure. That was just before school. So, uh, yeah, here we go. I'm on the bus with those guys that have been like that big. Michelle is sitting up front, a couple people. And here we go, a week in Montreal. So, uh, obviously, I was so thrilled to be there. I, they were asking me one inch. I was getting two. But then, you know, yeah. I did my best to do the best impression I could. So when we got back, said, uh, "Hey kid, uh, yeah, maybe you could come to you come to practice anyway. So maybe you know, come give us a hand and, and all that." And, uh, I, I always told Michelle, "I'll do it for free. It's fine with me." That changed after a couple of months, I and mean, he's having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> One day I came to him, uh, you know, if I could get paid a little bit, you know, <laughs> that'd be good. And that
3: was the start. So uh, that was the
0: start in 35. Years? That was wow. the, the, the the start wow. of the of my 44 years now, wow. and I had no. I just was a kid that was, I had the thrill of my life, but I did two years as, as an assistant in the tour yeah, there. And back in 1980, Bergeron went to Quebec City, to the Nordiques and they needed someone in Sherbrooke as a head guy. So uh, George Gilbo was in Sherbrooke, and I guess he talked to Michel, and uh, I got the interview, I got the job, so I, here we go, I jumped on the bus, I have like 60 bucks in my pocket, and I found an apartment and, and that was it. So when I was in Sherbrooke, like remember Chris Sherwood, yeah. the hockey stick company was in Sherbrooke. And uh, George boy, had contacts with NHL people, with the Canadians. We were good friends with De and all that. So I kind of felt that I was getting closer a bit. Uh, a couple of times, George asked me to bring some sticks at the forearm for flour because uh, the batch of sticks he had wasn't good. So I drove, here we go, and then store storm and bring the sticks and get to walk in a little bit of a, uh, uh, the, the, the forum and then Bo Mayer was there boom, like, boom, um, yeah. meeting me make me feel like a piece of you know what yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Bo yeah, yeah so uh, yeah rookie, so hey rocky um, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like exactly. shit. No, I did not he didn't even talk he didn't he didn't uh, even look at me. He just grabbed the sticks <laughs> and he <was> like <laughs> get out of here <laughs> get out of here. That's <laughs> so Boomer. Was, mm-hmm. No that's Boomer and then uh, it's funny enough because I I didn't see we became friends but we kind of uh, when it was coming to Montreal, he was always coming to see me in Broussard, asking me for, for underwear and broken stuff <laughs> and all that, you know. So I thought that was very really funny, you know. But anyways, so Boomer passed away, by the way, like three, four years. Yeah,
1: ago. God rest his so, soul. Uh, cool. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So that's uh, that was it. And then a couple years in Sherbrooke, uh, in the junior. And then the American League came to Sherbrooke uh, with the Sherbrooke Jets for two years, 82 to 84. And then the Canadians came to Sherbrooke uh in the 85 and uh in 84 so till 87 till i left montreal so that was kind of funny because american league back then like my sherbrooke jets ear, it was looking way more like uh the slapshot movie than anything else you know now it's all kids and rookies they want to make a team they build it's very professional but back then there was Older players finishing their contract and stuff like that. And, and I remember, like, uh, the guys from, with the Jess uh, they had spent the previous years in the Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was, uh, you know, nice to them, like playing golf almost year round and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, they have to go to Sherbrooke, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, you know, French-speaking languages and all that, and the snow and all that. So <laughs> I guess their wives were not too happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that year, I guess... So bad. We didn't make the playoffs. I think it was it was November. That was so bad. So we just, um, yeah. So I did a couple of years. Then Montreal came in and there was way more like professional and better players and all that. Screwy and Patrick Joachim and uh, Mike Laylor and all that. You know, yeah. that was uh, a good, good bunch of guys. Good so. group of guys. Yeah, good group. Well, yeah, definitely.
1: You, so you start out there and, and, and geez, I, <laughs> I look back, I mean, you worked for 13 head coaches here in Montreal. I don't know, three mm-hmm. different owners, three different yeah. um, uh, well, four GMs, five GMs, was it? I, I'm not uh, sure. It's
0: got to be five. Five it's GMs. Be five. Five, five or six, five or six
1: GMs. Uh, hundreds of players. And the interactions. Actually, I
0: had, I had 453 players. 400. Oh, wow. so you could. Someone, yeah, someone gave that to me. Uh, he pulled them all out. Wow. Not training camp, not that, but players that sometimes they play only one game or two. 453, and I, I started looking at them, and some guys I totally forgot about, you know, <laughs> guys that played a couple of games, and, yeah. you know, so that, that was kind of fun to have that list. Yeah, you know. I wanted to put in the book. I wanted to put in the book, but I guess it wasn't.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you got to sit and really think on that one, but, um, yeah. you know, over the years, uh certainly, you've been through so much, and, uh, you know, you were on Olympic teams, Team Canada. They invited yep. you ever, everywhere. You had an impeccable Reputation around the league. Mm-hmm. You would, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when you get asked to go to Team Canada and, and do, yep. you know, you're working with Gretzky, Lemieux, Lafleur, Le all these yep. greats. I mean, that is an honor, and it says a lot about you as a person. Now, yep. when you write this book, now, and, and listen, the obvious when you write a book, you want to tell your story, obviously, and 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 be as uh, open and honest as one can be. Some might say, and some have said, you've been too honest mm-hmm. in that
0: you've crossed the line. Now, um, they said that, you know what? they said that before reading the book. Yeah. That was the first couple of days. Guys, which were like Dominic Duchamp's friend or a British friend, and they jumped on my throat because looking at the title, they thought, here we go. We didn't see mm. boot for 35 years, and now he's saying everything. <laughs> and that's not it at all. That, that's what they thought. So that's why they last meeting, you know, all that stuff. But it's funny enough because a few of them, the following days or weeks, they just texted me, you know, just like that from behind. Hey, Jeremy, sorry, I wrote the book and I was wrong and that. So now, damage is done and that's fine they, actually they're helping me yeah to sell a lot more books because they, they put the fire in the shed you know they just you know that's that's what they did and
1: but and, and that's okay yeah, yeah go ahead and and that's okay and i get it people are gonna respond they hear little blurb, blurbs in the paper okay Wh- which mm-hmm. i heard yeah. and then everybody starts talking um yeah. and and i spoke with you and and you had mentioned to me hey chris you know, this is stuff that a lot of people already knew. Now, yep. and I'm going to be honest. I, I think some people didn't know some of those things that you wrote. And, mm-hmm. and and again, I'm not judging you. I'm just
0: no, – no, no, here's okay. that's what's okay.
1: going on. When I look at just, let's say, the Max Pacioretty thing, when you talked about Max, and we'll get into it here a little bit, but uh, do you feel it? that you might have hurt someone's feelings by some of the uh, hurt them personally by some of the things you said about some of these guys?
0: Of course I did. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I didn't want to, I I said in the book, it's not a payback time type Mm -hmm. of stuff. Not at all. I wrote that book. Well, actually Matt Salisbury, wrote the book. I did that book uh, and you did a hell of a job, by the way, Um, for the fans, for the, for the people. I've been hesitating, a lot of years, a lot of months, because I knew I knew myself. If I was gonna write a book, it was gonna be a real thing, telling the truth. Yeah. And if one day some some of them write a book and they can say the truth about me, that's I'm fine with that. So I was hesitating because I knew it was going to cause a little bit of chaos, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and I was very careful in my book. I mean, I, I just tried not to go too far. I know like a couple of guys didn't like it, like Dominic Charm and Bergerman and all that. But believe me, I've been very gentle. Yeah. Because people around the team that know the real thing, they say, hey, you've been easy, you know. But I, I didn't want to destroy those people. I just want to show the fan what happened the last few years. I, get, I think they deserve that. I didn't want to hurt Patch. I could go play golf with Patch tomorrow. It's not it's not a Vegas A in the world. But he was he was a different guy and then and then he went to Vegas afterward and the Vegas staff told him exactly the same. So it's not something personal, something that people had to know what happened with the C with Patch and all that. What came out that Michel Terrier apparently said that he was the worst captain ever and voila, which I, I, I don't know but so I'm just, um, I just tried to bring the truth, the true story, stuff in the room. There's nothing major in that. There's no big secret. Nobody can say, hey, jerk that was between you and me, or no one can say that. I didn't go personal. I stick with hockey because you know as good as yeah. I do. Coaches and staff and all that, if you go outside hockey, there's a lot of stuff happening. And then I didn't want to go there at all. So, yes, I did hurt a lot of feelings. And when I decide I'm going for real, oh, I'll jump and uh, that was it. Do
3: you have any regrets uh, of anything oh. you said?
0: No, nope, Not at all. Not at all. Because I, I, I was, uh, Matias and I, we had like a Zoom meeting and at home, my place, or this place and all that. And even sometimes it was uh, like kind of surprised. We said, are you sure you want to write that? Well, I said, I told you I was going to write the real thing. I'm, got, I'm writing the real thing. You know, I. I that, that's it. You know, I'm with, with, whatever happened you know mm. and I remember the very first meeting with Matthias Brunet uh, he told me two things he said uh, well I don't want to write I don't want to write a biography on you and I said not neither the story is not me it's what I lived and then said uh, if you want to make if you want to write a book to make money he said you won't make money with a book I said that's fine that's not I I don't lose money that's not my goal at all so um, that was it so when yeah. we went on we went on and then boom
1: Jervy, we gotta just break for a sec. Tim, you're gonna have to put your headset because there's an echo, and it's Uh, gonna
3: my thing. Yeah, hold on, let me.
1: It's gonna ruin the. uh, That's
0: what. That's what. That's what it was. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. He took his headset off. There's something going on, and uh, it'll ruin everything. Like I can hear every word I'm saying here. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Same thing here. Yeah, it's not
1: good. Leave it to Tim to fuck it up.
0: (laughs) <laughs> my thing died hold on yeah,
1: well your fucking thing get it get it alive. what about again. now now I can still hear a bit of an echo uh, yeah hold on. uh justice what about now we're, we're good now are
3: we good now yeah we should be good now
1: yeah
0: yeah all right yeah
1: there was an echo justice he had his headset off and uh, it, um Pierre's picture's better now everything's for, oh, everything's better here yeah. we go no that's what it was like yeah. All right. All right. So we'll get back at it. So, yeah, yep. all right. You heard some feelings, no question about it. Um, yep. And and listen, I've been around you f- for all the years I was there, and I had nothing but respect. You kept your mouth shut. You weren't a big mouth on the dressing room. And I was with Boomer, Mayor. I saw Boomer mm. getting an altercation with Doug Wickenheiser, a guy who was at the time really struggling, and it really pissed a lot of people off and and Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the end of boom and and he was certainly a different cat but you came in and and there wasn't one thing if a guy asked for something that Mm -hmm. you you know you had 22 guys and I good guys everybody had something it was done the next day and you learn from the best how was that like listen you're your own guy but how was it learning from the best? And I mean, come on, Eddie Palchek to learn from Annie. Yeah, germ, yeah, Eddie, germ, Eddie. Eh? Yeah,
0: yeah, Eddie. <laughs> but uh, talk well, to me a little all, bit about that
1: relationship, you and Ed. Yeah.
0: First of all, I did my best every day like you did your best every day. So, I mean, that's, everybody did. Uh, Eddie, I got to spend 10 years with Eddie uh, from 87 to 97. And... Uh, Wow, you want to talk about stories? Oh my <laughs> god! I mean, I mean, you know, we always we always went for a few beers Eddie, right? So I always go for a few beers I've done dinner and all that. And and he was like telling me stories, like he got to live the train. Like when they were traveling by train when he was younger, and the, and then all the players, and oh, my god, that was that was so much fun. And yes, I learned from Eddie, from the best. Eddie was was very discreet. Uh, it was fun to be around. You know, he had fun with players. And, um, yeah, I
1: learned with Eddie. I really, really enjoyed my 10 years with him. OK, OK, OK. Now we're going <laughs> to go back to when you started. OK, OK. And this okay. is uh, the year we win the Stanley Cup. In OK, OK, OK was mm-hmm. the coach, Jean Perron.
0: And mm-hmm. in
1: your book, you talk about Jean. And listen, um, it, it, I couldn't agree more with what you said. And, and, and basically, the guys did not respect John because they didn't think he had a good grasp of the game. And in your book, you talk about he came in, he wrote some stuff on the board, and then that quickly, when he left the room, quick, and I'll never forget it, it got erased, and then <laughs> it was shown properly. And that season, and I tell everybody, and listen, I have my issues with this coach. I confronted him, and I'll never forget Is this Pudding Head? Is this Pudding Pudding Head? It is Pudding Head.
0: (laughs) I didn't say it. He didn't say it. I said it, and I'll say
1: it again. It was Pudding Head. I said it. I said it And we used to skate around the ice, and he would say something no one would understand, and guys would skate around and go, Pudding, 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 Pudding. (laughs) And he didn't know what the hell we were talking about. Anyway, regardless- John is not a bad person. He's a good guy. but he, No, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly, he, exactly. He didn't have a grasp for the game. And I remember when, you know, we learned how to do it correctly from the person who stood up and erased that board and said, here's what we're going to do, guys. And I'll just tell mm-hmm. you, that year, Bob Ganey, Larry Robinson, and, you know, I, I know we talk about leadership in the locker room from within. Those two guys were so – responsible for you keeping us on the track that yeah talk to, yeah. from your point of view how did you see that
0: well that's exactly how i saw it those two guys were amazing and you can add uh, you can add greener you can add a bunch of guys yeah and walter carbo carbo and new uh, and you. I mean, a lot of guys were like uh, so that's that's exactly what it was knuckles you, you know as good as i do i mean I wish I could have said or write something about everybody is something nice. Everybody's nice, everybody's good, <laughs> yeah. everybody's happy, everybody's, you know, but that's not working that way, you know. That book, movie, I would have sold five books, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and the goal wasn't to sell books, but the goal was to tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you just can't see the truth about this guy, not about that guy, and then you pick your spot. So if you tell the truth, you go all the way. And then, yeah, Jean was, like you he said, he's a good guy, he's a nice guy, but that wasn't his, I guess he came in after Jacques yeah. I Yeah. Mean, right that the the step was pretty high and the way he was talking and saying things and all that you know was, you know that was uh, so I, I was very surprised at that you know and then uh, yeah those that year you won we won because of very good veteran that took it like very seriously and players followed you know Chelly and all those yeah. guys they just followed they just followed and and well won, we won the cup. Yeah, it was incredible. It was amazing. Incredible. Is, there, is, is, there players, is, there, is there
3: any players, like, throughout the 44 years, like, twenty you know, 20 years later that you can compare to to those two guys?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, to me, Bob is Bob. Yeah. Bob is Bob. To me, Bob. I had him as a player, as a coach, as a GM. And he was there my very last game uh, in Montreal. He came in. He came and had breakfast in the morning with me in Broussard. And then at night, he was there on the ice and all that. So, I mean, that's bugging. That's bugging. meaning. Lyre Robinson, just to show you, that they uh, told me, that was back in October, said, uh, okay, we'll announce on Twitter at 4 o'clock that this is your last season and all that. The first guy that texted me, four minutes after four, Ly Robinson. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was nothing for him back then, in the not you know, Larry. But you weren't You say you not were like nothing any, but you know so so but you know, sweet he me. So just to tell you those those guys, you know, they, they they pulled that team, won the cup. What pisses me off a little bit is the old summer after we won the cup, like Jean Perron was walking around like he was a king of the you know. Yeah. I went to his golf tournament <laughs> in Sherbrooke, he, he talked about for he had a speech for about an hour. <laughs> I did this, I did yeah. that, I won the cup and I yeah. was there my God. Embarrassing. God. Get, me, get get me out of here. I was sitting up front, you know, I would leave, you know, I was sitting right up front, so that would be that would have been too obvious. But anyway, just that's the part I didn't like about Jean. I mean yeah. that's that's but hey. Well and, it is what it is. And I,
1: I Listen, I have my issues with them. And, and listen, it cost me yeah. my job, you know, and it mm-hmm. cost me my time here in Montreal. And I, I've said yeah. this, and Pierre, I never wanted to play for another hockey team in my life. After I got here and after I established myself and I was here, and I know sometimes I got a little edgy, but with that coach, I remember in Hartford when he went around the room and he started pointing guys out and he said to me, you know, when is the last time you had to fight Chris Nyland? And I give it right to him. And and next thing I know, we're in Buffalo, and I, I'm no longer in the orange jersey. I'm in a blue jersey. And I end up getting traded. But I was devastated. I was never the same. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I still did my job. But I was yep. never the same when I left here. I missed it so much. And I was so glad Big Surge brought me back. Um. Yep. So we go back to that year and win that Stanley Cup, and just what a great, great feeling. And then um, Jean Perron gets let go, and I, I, I give Serge shit all the time about it. I said, <laughs> "You told me, you told me that because I would have been perfect for Pat Burns, right? Me and Burns, he yeah, oh,
0: yeah, oh, huh? oh, crazy, and,
1: and Big Serge definitely. told me so." I, I didn't think Pat was ready. I said, "Oh, he was ready 2 months later." Come on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, but then Pat Burns comes in and you know, I'm pissed off about Pat Burns getting into Hall of Fame the year after he died. Now, those guys knew of Pat Burns, they knew his whole career, and he was sick. And it, it just pisses me off that they could not put him in there while he was still alive, so he could go up there and look at everybody and and say what he wanted to say. And and they do it good the point, year after point. he dies. Did you find that very like ridiculous?
0: Point. Very very good point. Well, Honestly, I didn't see that going. I don't know. I I don't remember that, but yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure that's the case, and that's yeah. Shame, it was the year I'm after real, he died, and
1: you know he yeah, was well, he was yeah. on on the list to get in and they didn't put him in the year before and i'm like what the hell are they thinking but
0: cases like that it's it's unbelievable yeah unbelievable
1: but I, how, how was it working for bernsey what was that like i mean
0: just oh boy bernsey was a different bird right Yeah, <laughs>
1: a cop right he was he a was, cop
0: uh, yeah he was a cop he did like some undercover stuff so he lived a life uh, to the fullest and uh, he was going everywhere in Montreal. He knew all the clubs in Montreal. He knew exactly which player went where, whatever. And uh, pretty often he came in the morning. It was like kind of a, a little bit of uh, under the weather because of uh, the alcohol, the night sleep. And uh, he had a of bellies under his desk. And sometimes was at practice and was we are just sitting on board and uh, – Hey, Jeremy, go go get me a little special coffee. So I know what it meant. <laughs> yeah. Half and half. It was half and half, so, so you can get a little better, you know. <laughs> but that was Bernsie. Like, so it could be very tough on players. It could be f- very friendly with players. Us, I am wrestling guys sometimes, having fun, and other times, like, uh, you know. And uh, I remember uh, we were in uh, Long Island, and preseason game when he came in. I guess it's 4 for for them after the first period. So Berenzi came in the room, took his jacket off and told me, he was on his way up to the room, he said, i going to fix something right now. <laughs> so he stormed in the room and he was flying the container of Gatorade and the tape and all that and they, wow, for about 10 minutes he was like, like a lion. And that was a garbage can, but that was screwed in the floor. <laughs> the <laughs> cab, but uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. he was so pumped up, he didn't feel anything, but you walk on the room. He I was like, limping. Oh <laughs> he was <laughs> how come that can is screwed Hey, we're long Island. I have no idea.
1: Uh,
3: it so was when the he best. wrote what he was they in. didn't erase his stuff when he wrote it on the board, who so if he wrote <laughs> <laughs> did the guys erase his stuff or no? Is that what you're saying? No, not really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. Not yeah, head. <laughs> No, exactly. Your head would go through the board.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, but Burnsy was, like, uh, so genuine, such a nice guy, you know, and he was very moody as well. Like, some days he came in and uh, you go ask him, uh, what are the lines? Well, same as last night. <laughs> uh, because we trained about five times and then during the third, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> and other times, it was very funny. Yeah, so, you know, I,
1: I and I skipped over it, but that year in the uh, this we won the Cup your rookie year, and we I, I just want to go back to that um, Hartford um, series. And, you know, we went to game seven and we're at home and they scored with less than a minute left. And I know Patrick Waugh gets a lot of credit for that year. And we had a really good team. We were we were really good defensively mm-hmm. goals against. A lot had to do with Patrick, but a lot had to do with our defense. We had a hell of a defense. Yep, now, yep. I I remember that guy was sitting on the bench and Babbage got the puck. They end up tying the game. And I remember the feeling going to the locker room. We had, we thought we had that. And next thing we're going Mm -hmm. to overtime. And I was scared. to Honestly, I was scared to death, but I wasn't acting like I'm there. Everything, everything to that, boys, you know, don't pass up a shot. All the same stuff you hear. And then (laughs) three minutes in, whatever it was. And then Claude Lemieux. That year, what Claude Lemieux did as a rookie, like, Patrick he gets a, a con smite, and I know he came no, in no, second, but Claude, but he had, right, did that Claude Lemieux have so much to do totally with right. that season?
0: You're you're totally right. Claude Lemieux, he, he did a lot, you know. And uh, about the same thing happened in 93. Uh, again, Patrick was a big, big guy on that, but so many guys did a lot, like uh, the Starting with Coach, Coach Demers, yeah. he's the one that make everybody believe that we're going to win the Cup. Guys, we're, we're going to win. No doubt we're going to win the Cup. You guys start believing. And then uh, sudden, and, and then uh, the Brown Bellows, uh, other guys, you know. But John LeClaire. Totally right. Yeah, exactly. But that year, like, Claude Lemieux did a lot. And then we don't talk about that enough. You're you're, you're right.
1: Yeah. You're totally right. He had, like, five game winning goals as a rookie in the playoffs, Tim. Was yeah. I mean, yeah. He, yeah.
3: And then he did it again in New Jersey, right? He was. Wasn't he kind yeah, of, he yes, did in Jersey. I mean,
0: it's he was a playoff was like, performer. Uh,
1: no question. No, was, no question.
0: Pe- Pepe, was, Pepe was a different guy. Yeah. We all know this. But he was like a tough guy. Very tough guy. He was uh, willing to do whatever he could, 200 by 85, to win the game and to help the team. And on that sense, he was like a really, really nice guy.
1: Well, it was funny. I don't know if you were there yet, but the time, um, you know, he came in, he got called up, and <laughs> he uh, – after practice, went into the sauna and pissed on the rocks. Were you there then?
2: No. No, It it was incredible.
1: (laughs) Pierre, I don't know if you ever heard the story, but he came came in after practice and he thought he'd joke around and he pissed on the rocks. The whole locker room stunk. And who came in? Bob Gainey goes, what is that? What is that? (laughs) And it got to Bob about the piss on the rocks oh, so oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. went right upstairs to surge and surge came down and he he smelled around the room <laughs> and he fucking brought me he said hey you come Claude, he, he got him in the room Claude, he fucking said grab your bag get your shit you're going back and he sent it back down to Sherbrooke. oh yeah really? oh yeah oh wow Claude, Claude went out and his car was on the thing and the everybody's falling him out and he punched his uh, rear view mirror, his side mirror and cut his hand yeah I remember that cut, I remember yeah that. yeah that's yeah. what that was I wasn't,
0: I wasn't. I was not sure yeah. back then, so he came back to sword, That's all that. why. I didn't mention that, though. That, so there you go. You
1: learn something new every day, Jeff.
0: Unbelievable. Yes, yes, everybody. I'll have to write another book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Unbelievable. So
1: Jean Perron, Pat Burns, and you go from Burns, and then to Jacques Demers, and uh, you win that Stanley Cup. Uh, now you got two cups. Um, and, and, God, uh, Serge Savard was – Big Surge was such a um, a good manager. He he kept his cool. He knew how to he knew how to manage people so good. Yeah. And and yeah. the big guy did when, and you say in your book you were driving home you heard uh, he got let go. Uh, big mm-hmm. Surge, it, I, how shocked were you? I, I it's incredible. I
0: was, I was, I couldn't understand. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. When you have a guy like Sir Savard, unless he does something major, something really bad, you keep the guy like that. Like you said, he was a general. He was, like, so respected by the players, by his colleagues in the league, you know, by the other GMs and all that. He was so respected. He did some great moves. Uh, He built that team, right? He built those teams and all that. So, after, like, 10 games, come on, give me a break. I mean, give me a break. Just wait till Christmas, the all days, whatever, and then if it's not going anywhere, then you'll see, but 10 games, you know, so I guess there was a little something between Ronald and, and Serge. Um, Ronald, Ronald I guess was, like, uh, Tim, Ronald was the
1: president yeah. of the team at the time, okay. Ronald Corey.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So I guess uh, Serge had a lot of friends. He was like, come in the morning, do his job, and then leave for lunch, and long, long lunch, and yeah. didn't get back. And and, and the team was going well. But who cares? But I guess it bothered Reynolds, you know? And yeah. then, uh, it bothered a lot. And then I guess that first time he had, boom, gone. No. Everybody's
1: gone. Well, it's funny, Tim. And Big Surge, he had a lot of real estate stuff on the outside. He managed <laughs> real estate. And he had done well. Surge, a very yeah. bright guy. And well, yes. the word I got was Mr. Corey was you know, saying Serge was paying too much attention to his real estate stuff and not the team. If there's a guy who could do that, it was Serge Savard and he was doing it. And the word and I- you know what? The team was, the team was going
0: well too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the team is not doing mm-hmm. well, you do bad moves, all that, maybe. But go for lunch, go with your friends. As long as your job's done and you can't buy all the real estate in the world and make all the money in the world... The team is going well, hey, why not? Yeah, and
1: listen, I, I love Serge, but Mr. Corey, yeah. and I like Mr. Corey too, and and I, I just think, standing back and looking at it, Mr. Corey all of a sudden thought he was more like a general manager. He could mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. things out on his own. He didn't need Serge anymore. And he yeah. cuts Serge loose, and he brings in a guy who'd never been a GM, and I love him, Ray John But exactly. Ray John is more of, um, you know, a, a concierge. He was good to people. He's mm-hmm. very good. He's a smart hockey guy. Yeah. But when you're managing a club, it's a whole different thing. And he brings him in. Exactly. And my boy exactly. Mario behind the bench, who I love, the bionic <laughs> blue mm-hmm. a
0: But we love them all. We love them all. But.
1: Yeah, it was such a bad move. And to bring them in, uh, and we look at all the great things Patrick Wad did here as a goaltender, and people absolutely adored him and loved him. And then talk to us about what happened there, because, you know, you hear all sorts of stories, and, and Patrick, and we heard about him and Matthew Schneider, and everybody said, oh, Schneider was sleeping with Patrick's wife and all that, which has turned mm-hmm. out to be. And I'm so glad you wrote that in the book, because people yeah, yeah, yeah. to this day ask me about that mm-hmm. I and mean, I'm it never happened yeah. it never happened what, no. you know people love to I make mean, shit up
0: i i have been people asking me even lately like uh, about that and then i said guys are playing games together they're on the road together they're practicing together at the same time uh, she has kids that yeah, maybe when the hell do you want that to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I mean that, that, did that, that affect was, the like, locker really room? They, uh, I couldn't say Well, Well didn't like each other, that's for sure. Oh, okay. They didn't like each other. They, 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 and, they and Patrick didn't no, no yeah, cause yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a, there was a
3: rumor here in Chicago yeah. with Kane and Patrick Sharp and it was like so not true, right? Yeah. Like in they it, were friends it, though. They were you know, but yeah,
0: yeah, 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 you know. yeah. But no, but Patrick and Matthew they couldn't because Patrick was was very like uh straightforward, direct if something he was giving his best, his 110% all the time. So if somebody didn't do it, he did the same thing in Colorado, by the way. When he came in, like, uh, just uh, when he came in, the, um, Joe Sackick was taking it easy sometime in practices and all that. Yeah. And Patrick just went on his back a little bit, and he didn't like it at all. And, you know, they had a few arguments on that. So that, that's what happened, I guess, with Schneider. And they, they broke in a fight in the Philly, if I remember well, in the dressing room. And uh, big surge happened to be in the hallway, not too far, and then rah, 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 yeah. so surge came in, and gamers, you know, guys like that. So, but uh, hey, that, that that that's a truth. But it's, you know, you see, you see, you know, that yeah. it happens sometimes between players. Yeah. It, it does happen. It could, it could happen with your own brother in your own family. You know, that's
1: yeah, that's all families. Name, I guess. As right. long as
0: they don't drag it too long, and yeah, they don't, you know, that's it.
1: You can't that's let it hang. Uh, there's no question about no, it. No,
0: exactly. Now, um. Exactly. Same thing happened with... Uh, I remember one of the most memorable fight in the room I had was between Bernsey and Russ Cornell in Chicago. Okay. Remember that room? Yeah. That room oh, down yeah, the down the stairs, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Bernsey came in, and he told something to Rusty, and Rusty jumped right on him. like Not physically, but he got nah. up, and you big fat yeah. fuck, and all that <laughs> you know. The, uh, uh, got... Oh so red, so pissed off, you little weasel! I'm gonna tell you what, and, and then Rusty, you know, the team left for a I don't know, first or second period, and then Rusty just stayed in the room and threw his gear on the garbage can and get pissed off and get out of there, you know. And oh my God, that was something
1: funny. Side. <laughs> All right, um, so Burns, he's there, and he, you know, I wanted to ask you about because in retirement, I went over to Russia. And we played uh, some alumni stuff over there. And I, I had culture shock. And I, I read in the book, when you went over there, you had just a terrible experience. And I, I want to hear a little bit about that. And Tim played in well, Russia. So I, I know four years. he, four four years was, years there. he was there in yeah. Russia.
0: <laughs> but but all of this was, like, I know we went to Russia. The first time was in 1990. That yeah. was before the old thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was... I guess in 91. So I've been in, you know, in, in 90 and then afterward. And it's, that has changed so much. That has changed so much. Like back then, that was uh, in Montreal probably in the 30s or the 20s. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, it's that was like, uh, we got stuff stolen. Like, we used to send our laundry, our underwear, like getting washed and then half of it came back and, you know, we brought some spare stuff but not that much. I mean, We finished the trip, like, we had almost nothing left, you know. (laughs) Getting, like, robbed, like, all the the gum we had and You couldn't trust anybody. Yeah. But they had nothing. You couldn't get pissed off at them. They had nothing. Yeah. I mean, uh, that was... And, and all the kids you know at the hotel they're all like grabbing your leg You're like crying <laughs> you know, in, in Russia and then what do you want to do you know yeah you, you can't, can't understand so that, that was uh, no, no yeah that's exactly. how
3: I I would take a taxi and they would you know the taxi driver would act like he never drove anybody and would never have change so whatever yeah, whatever I yeah. gave him he would oh, just take and you'd get
0: oh, no, exactly. you know you couldn't trust right. anybody but you know no 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 it, you just couldn't trust anybody <laughs> but that's that's how they were brought yep. That were brought up I mean that's how they were they were they were treated bad. They were, and then it reflects on them, I guess.
1: So, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what went on um there when Mr. Corey uh was behind mm-hmm. the bench that night and Mario took over the team. He was head coach. I think a lot of people looked at it right away. Well, Mario will be good for this team. He's a he's a good chain Um he's he's he'll get the most out of the players. Um and apparently it was working for a while. But I mean, mm-hmm. how was that? Like, did the players have that healthy respect for Mario for what he did? And and did they lose it really quickly over the Patrick thing?
0: Uh, Mario came in, like, that was all about um, pumping players. Volleyball, you know, yeah.
2: that's
0: how he was in hockey yeah. in the, as a player. So, uh, pumping the players and, you know, come on guys, you got to go and da-da-da. Uh, so, so, it works a while, you know, it did work well. But the first game, I remember, like, the, back then, now they have snack at four, they have this and that and food everywhere. And back then, there was starting to go around in the league, guys were uh, eating toast around four o'clock, four-thirty in the wives' room, remember <laughs> the small room? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they had a couple of toaster and uh, a couple of, you know, jelly and peanut butter and guys were... And Mario, in his days, that wasn't that way. So Mario walked in the room and he saw them. What are you guys doing? Well, just eating a couple of toasts. And he, get out of here. Go thing about the game, and he unplugged to the <laughs> toasters and all that. And the, so guy said, "What, <laughs> Brand Savage? I met Brand Savage. Well, you know, what's, what's that? You know." <laughs> so, but Mario was the, that was still in his days. So that hurt him a little bit. At the beginning, you know, just. And then um, it works for a while, you know, because Mario's so enthusiastic. His enthusiasm and all that just, like, uh, kind of pumped up the players and all that. But after a while, it just catch up on him. I mean, the, the strategies and all that, you know, like being a head coach in the NHL, that's something else, right? It's even even more today. But even back then, I mean, you couldn't just, like, say anything or mention anything. Your European age had to be, like, right on. And, you know, so uh, who came after Mario? Was it... Uh,
3: God, geez, I don't know. Let you didn't think. ever have Keenan, did you,
1: Mike? Kenan? No, no, not no, him. No, 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 but like no, one of the Canadians. No, 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 no. He
0: wasn't. <laughs> Thank God. <'cause laughs> I had him with the 87 Canada Cup. You had him, Canada Yeah, Cups. yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking.
3: That was enough. Yeah. yeah he's not. No, that son. was enough. He, if we were losing, he would no, start no, yelling no, at the no, trainers.
0: No, it would be like your. No, <laughs> like no, he was not. Yeah. No, that guy is, That guy But anyways, so that was that was Mario. You know, but that night was that night. You're there. Oh, that okay. Yeah. Yeah, night. That night, so, you're so there guess, on the bench,
1: okay. and they leave
0: Patrick the in, very first, right? The, the, okay, yeah. So I guess the very first meeting they had in the room, I wasn't there, but the very first meeting they had, like Patrick was his teammate, was like, he, he wasn't taking Mara seriously at all. Yeah. That was a little bit of his mistake, and he, he agreed with that today. So uh, first mistake, like Patrick started like laughing a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I guess right away. What's up? What's wrong? You know, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing. You kept laughing. You know, and nothing. So Mario took it bad, really bad, and you know, with reason too. Yeah. So uh, and then right of the bat, it started. The two little guys in the room, you know, started. And then that night, that game was the, the end of it. The end. Of it was it the, the end of it? So that was a big mistake of Mario. By leaving him in,
1: right? Patrick was mm-hmm. left. Oh, 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 definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was uh, maybe 9-1. Yeah, maybe it was 9-1. <laughs> so that was... Uh, actually, I had that stick. I still had that stick. I gave it back to, to Patrick. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was... I don't know if Mario really wanted to get back at him or I don't know if it was that bad. We just had no ex- not enough experience. I have known. I don't know to this day, but uh, that was bad. And when Patrick came out and then walked in front of me... Yeah. Behind Mario, so... Patrick, I said, he's going to slug him, you know. It <laughs> you looked know, like it, right? Was, when he's losing his marble, I was <laughs> expecting just about anything. <laughs> so I just went to see Corey. and he walked back in front of me and all that. But I said, that night was, oh, my God. And Patrick was a big guy. You know, was, he was huge was in Montreal. Yeah. So that was a Saturday night. So uh, Patrick went in Eddie's office, and they called uh, Bob so his agent. So we took a very quick shower, and uh, we got him out the, the form by the uh, – the engineer room yeah lambert you know, class size, which was lambert class yeah. a small door so nobody could see him so bob Schreiber was waiting for him there and uh, pat came in they went for dinner did you know they saw that and then the next day patrick was he was willing to excuse himself he was wrong and was willing you know to to calm everything down and okay we'll start from scratch and all that but i guess uh, upstairs decision was made and um, and then he was, was, sent, was traded god whatever And that wasn't a that, that was another another big mistake. Yeah. Because they shouldn't have kept him for and get try to get the most you can you know, guy. But now they knew it was done in Montreal. So I mean hey yeah
1: you know yeah you couldn't you couldn't
0: you couldn't wait few days, few weeks or whatever, you know, until you have the, the right the right but anyway.
1: The right deal. It ended up being a really well, yeah, bad exactly. deal. Yeah. But what that's an experience Martin Rosinski, um Jocelyn Thibault
0: Kovalenko. Was it Kovalenko, Kovalenko there? Kovalenko, Kovalenko for, for Keener. Patrick and oh, oh, yeah, it was a terrible. was a big piece. Keener was a big piece. Yeah. Was a big piece oh, yeah, huge it was piece. Like, exactly. It was a within the room. And within Leadership. The was a funny guy. Leadership, funny guy, but he was like playing tough too. It was like was willing to do whatever it took for to win the games
1: and, and that. So the, so, the Patrick yeah. error is over and, you know, you, you um, have a chapter in your book about um, a guy who I got to meet a couple of times, but not really get to know him, but certainly a wonderful, wonderful guy the times I met him with Saku Koiba. Wh- why that, oh, yeah. that whole chapter for Saku? What was it that, that grabbed you uh, about this kid?
0: Well, Saku is a very, very special guy. He's got a big, big heart. Uh, Saku is the only player that I went to get at the airport. To this day, I don't remember who asked me and why. That wasn't my job. So he was uh, coming at night around 10 o'clock from Finland. So I went to pick him up. And right off the bat, I could see he was a different kid, you know, because he was tired. He was tired, but... He was asking about the fans, about the city. He was like his eye was wide well open. What about this player? What about that? And all that. And then, and then he was hungry, so we went to a McDonald's. So, Where do you want to go? I have just a quick McDonald's. I'm tired. Just one quick burger. So he still owe me that kind of, that, that money. <laughs> Paid from that, he had no money. He had no money. Sorry, McDonald's. I took him to this hotel. I said I'll come back to pick you up tomorrow morning at eight, so I can you know show you the entrance of the Molson center there. And and then uh, that was my first. Um, my first bonding with Saku uh, and then became the captain he became really sick uh, so all this and when I got uh, divorced uh, he heard like uh, I left home was like in springtime and he was leaving for uh, Finland so when he heard about that I had I had a plan B but nothing really for sure you know I was trying to you know, get around and then when he found that out he just uh, he came to me and said listen, I know what's happening in your life. So here's the keys of he had a nice three uh, stores of uh, condos in the old Montreal. Here's the parking keys. He's the, he wrote me like, he signed 20 checks because back then there was no interact or whatever. So he, he wrote, he, wrote uh, he signed 20 checks. He said, uh, when the bill comes in, I drove back and telephone all that. Said so you pay the bills and that's it. So I said, no. So I said, shut, up. shut <laughs> up. You take this. You enjoy the summer. I'm back that day. And then you know that's it. So uh, that was that was great because my kids were young, four and eight. So we spent a lot of time in Newmont. It was pretty nice doing those horses, right. this and that. So that helped to smooth out everything as well. And then uh, that gave me the time to turn around. But but Seku did it. You know yeah. he did it. It's it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's that kind of person.
2: Yeah,
0: I know he's been accused. I had Montreal of not speaking in France. And then then uh, it was a little bit of selfish, maybe, whatever. So, hey, that's people opinion. Maybe there's a little bit of truth in that. But overall, it was a hell of a player, hell of a guy.
3: Yeah, the Finns are – they're just I, – I played in Finland for two years. And I just mm-hmm. – I love them. I love Sk- the Finns. Yeah. They're just oh, yeah. down to earth and very uh, – you know. You know
0: what? You're so right. You're so right. And uh, – about in my book, too, uh, like Jan Ninima was about the worst players I had all those years. He was a fan, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I don't know what happened with him, but it was totally different <laughs> from other things. was like, a, Oh my god, such a bum! and such a oh my god, he, he, he wasn't respecting anybody, anything. He was like terrible, just terrible. If the phone with the iPhone would exist back then, yeah, he would have been out in a second. I mean, he, he was. <laughs> Oh my god! How always- how how about so Saku
1: and you know we had the cancer scare and he beat that. He comes back. I'll never forget. He come back that night. It was incredible. The the fans embrace him. And and another guy from across the pond and uh, Alexei Kovalev. Uh, you know here's a guy mm-hmm. that is funny. We played the Winter Classic in Boston, and Mats Nazland. Here is Mats Nazland. Telling me, and I, I absolutely love Mats, and we had a great relationship. I know you did. You went yeah, went yeah, to yeah. a ZZ Top concert with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, ZZ ZZ no ZZ Top, <laughs> ZZ Top, but <laughs> ZZ Top. <laughs> um, he, he
1: he was sitting there in the room before the game. We're going out, and he said to me, Knocked, I I absolutely I love Kovalev. I always like respect him. He's like was kind of one of my heroes. I I really like this guy. And he mm-hmm. went to talk to him. Kovalev totally ignored him. Went in the other room and got dressed with his kid in the other side. When we were with the alumni, and Matts was like, "Honestly, and you know, Matts, he wouldn't say shit if he had a mouthful of it." No, you know? no, no,
0: no, 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 definitely. But, but he, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, too. he
1: was, he was, he was stunned. And I, I'm like, I, I, I just got a bad vibe from him myself. Like he came in, like you know, like I'm king. Shit, take care of me. And it, that turned me off right away. I never met the guy till that day, no. and I didn't care for him. But, um, you know, I go back to when they played the Bruins, when he got slashed, and uh, and then they end up scoring the big goal and, and winning that game. And that pissed me off as a former player for the Habs, him doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was he really to deal with?
0: I like Kobe, actually. And I, I believe what Matt said. I believe in that. But I like Kobe. Yes, he was like uh... – he was thinking pretty big about himself. Yeah. Yes. He, was he was Russian,
3: like, is what you're saying. He was. It, <laughs> he was.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, like, I, I, I I know. I, I caused enough stuff, enough shit last <laughs> being so Russian. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. get him I'm in not, any I, more trouble, Tim. I don't, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, to this day, is one of, if not the best forward I had in Montreal. He was so strong. He was a thoroughbred, that guy. He was a thoroughbred. He was like big, strong, really good. But his heart wasn't all there, and he told me one day. He said uh, I said
2: yeah.
0: sometimes he was taking some nights off, some 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 parents off, and yeah. all that. And, and, and I said, I, I told him, I said what what you know why whatever you know we could tell. You know I said said Jerv, if I score two goals, they'll want three. If I score three, they'll want four. I don't need that shit. <laughs> like this. Oh. Like this. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. But, <Sorry. laughs> but uh but, yeah, it was uh, – but that, that surprised me because I never – he wasn't the most outspoken guy with the fans and all that, but he never, ever refused any autographs or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, but, hey, sometimes it's surprising how people react.
1: Yeah, it's funny, you know, when you, you get a picture of a guy, we don't know these people. It's like I always say it. People think they know me and I'm pretty mm-hmm. much an open book but as players even you Tim we all when we step on that ice for the first time we play in front of all those fans like and then they get to know you on the ice a little bit they think they know you know mm-hmm. you and and nah, and nah, they, nah, 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 nah. whether it's good or bad and you don't get that it's like like I'm here we are talking about Kovalev and I kind of had some some preconceived notions of him just by the way he was on the ice so
0: you know what knuckles the only people that really know each other are people in the dressing room yeah Yeah. you can you can't hide for eight months (laughs) you spend eight months uh, seven days a week so you can't hide anything for, for eight months so um just like when you meet a uh, girlfriend the first time, like first few months are really nice, but then the <laughs> rattle, the rattle comes out, and hers and yours, and then you know. So after a few months, so that's the same thing in a room. I mean, I was surprised to to um, obviously with the Canadians and all that. It's it's you know it's your team and all that. But when I went with Team Canada, you know, after a couple of weeks, like getting to know Gretzky from inside the room yeah. was so pleasant because he's so funny. That guy, he's friendly. You can you can see that he feels really, really good in the dressing room. When he walks outside the room, well, people, everybody wants his yeah. autograph, asking him, and he's fine with that. But just in the dressing room, he feels like home. He's relaxed. He can't talk about anything. And I remember like Salt Lake City in 2002, uh, you know, we are in the village and, uh, you know, all that. So after our first practice, he came in and he's uh, in the room, you know, with Mario sitting there, like getting stretched and all that. So I said, uh, Mario. That'd be nice to have a beer, eh? I just said, Yeah, sure. So everybody looks at each other. We're in the village. You can't bring any alcohol. But I guess Team Canada people smuggled some for their offices. (laughs) So, you know, within 20 minutes, there was a case of beer coming in, and then uh, nice. And that's how he was, you know, just nice, relax. You know, we're fine. And then just that was his way to to tell the boys to relax. It's fun to meet, to to see people, and even Mario. Um, That was my fear when I said, when I said yes the first time, I didn't know what to expect. You know, all those Joe and all those guys, I said, gee, it's going to be a bunch of prima donnas and it's going to be like, oh my God, not at all. Not at all. I remember talking to the trainers and then the guy in Pittsburgh said, oh, Mario, just make sure you have a, a, a jacket in his, because he likes to keep warm. Make sure you have a jacket, a fleece in his, uh, in his stall. You won't hear from him. And sure enough, he never asked boo for anything. And most of the guys were the same. Obviously, over the NIPC, side, had a couple of different ones, but most of them were, like, really nice guys, nice people, like Rob Blake, and I can't mention names, like uh, Paul Carey. There's so many good names of people, you know. Even guys like uh, Eddie Belfort, you know, we heard so many bad things about him. And yeah. Eddie was, obviously, it's for two weeks, mm-hmm. you know. But still, a, a real bad apple, you can see, you can feel a bit you know. And then he was very, very fine. You know, like, he, even one day he called me. Um, he wasn't dressing that night, not even as a backup. He said, so that guy, the, don't bother taking my gear. I'm not even, you know, backup. And in, in the Olympics, you're not allowed to jump in. You're, you're out, you're out. So he was nice enough to call me, to tell me, you know, don't bother bring, taking my gear because he had a lot of stuff. He had weights and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And his all sharpener, I guess. And and then, uh, but that was, you know, that, that did it.
1: Yeah, I guess so. so that's
0: the, uh, that, yeah, that's a sort of people, like, inside the room like
1: uh, yeah okay while we're on that uh, who was some of the most difficult guys yeah. to deal yeah. with in the room the prima donnas yeah, they're like they're you demanding, said right? Again, like, yeah. remember perry <laughs> turnbull he perry turnbull yeah, he yeah, had he to was, have all them skates remember right yeah like who, that was
0: before my day yeah that Teddy, Teddy, Teddy told, told me about you, that. right yeah yeah um tough, toughest guy that i had was it's in my book to uh Michael Camillari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, yeah, Camillari is like, he's, <laughs> he was like very special. Loves himself and he, he thought he was a God. And then, uh, you know, with his equipment, like everything was always, always something. Always oh, something. Always something. You
3: know, and then, and then, So would you always give them the stall by the shitter on the road? Because you guys would do that, right? You guys guys know what you're doing, right? It's a certain way. (laughs) It's a certain
0: way to have a little fun. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Michael, I mean, and and you have guys, you have players, very good players, they never ask for anything. Mm -hmm. But the the other guy is playing the same game, exactly the same game. Like in Montreal right now, Brendan Gallagher, he never asked for boo. Yeah. Gallagher Gallagher is just, he comes in to play the game. That's what he wants. He doesn't care about those little fancy things and all that. And but that's you have to have a few of those in your in your career. You have to. I mean, it's it's impossible. Back in those days, guys were pretty easy, I guess. Yeah. What he was what was Nux, what was Nux was like? Was he the? Oh, <laughs> Nux was like he used he used well. the same stick all used, year. Or was, his what, his what little, was he his old cap? His his little cap, and his gear was weighing about two pounds. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was easy. I it had the Cooperalls,
1: right? That was not my bag course, wasn't heavy. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> the heaviest I thing in my bag
1: was back. my skates, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. I was always afraid that you forgot something when <laughs> <in> you <bag.
1: laughs> You know, um, Jerv, and thinking about that, and, and and you know the the prima donnas and all that, and uh, just your time there. And I think back of like uh, Toop Sylvain Toopin. Remember Toopie? <laughs> he, he always <laughs> it, like I had Eddie palcheck tie my my shirt down all the time, right? Tim, mm-hmm. I'd have Eddie do it. And Toop could not, he said, someday I want to be able to tie your shirt down every game. This would be an honor for me, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, finally yeah, yeah, let yeah, him but- do it, right? But I finally <laughs> yeah, let him yeah. do it, and Toop, never forgot. I, I love Toop. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've talked to him a little bit recently. He's a good good man. Um, yeah. You know, our staff too. I mean- you talk about Cal- Camillary there, and and – and I get it. Um, I've met him a couple times, and I yeah, you know, I take him or leave him. I didn't really get to know him, but I could kind of sense where you're coming from with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I want to. I, I guess to ask you what was you know we know what happened to Bob Gainey's daughter that time. Yeah. What was probably yeah. one of the most devastating things that you were around in all your career? Yeah. Like was was, yeah. was that it right there? Probably dealing with that with yeah, Bob. It, it, it
0: it was it because uh bob had lost his wife few years before you know and then kathy remember kathy she was a a, a real trooper a real trooper she was like she was the leader at home i mean she was taking to schools and all the guys everybody she was uh, throwing parties for uh, the team players at bob's house and the first team and all that she was unbelievable and then uh when bob lost kathy was like I mean, of course, everybody's devastated, but that was even worse because she was thinking of all that stuff. And then the fears later, like his daughter, she had a lot of problems and all that. And then it turned out she finally became over it a little bit. And then she found her way like with the, the, the that boarding selling stuff. And then, yeah. uh, and then uh, it happened what happened. And I remember for the rest of my life, I was uh, walking in the Bell Center uh, down the garage early morning. And then as I, Came in my car, I saw Carbo whack out his car. And Carbo, that time, walk out his car, it was lacking almost like a grandfather. It was like, I, I thought for sure something, something bad is happening. So he bare looked at me and walked the stairs slowly, and I was right behind him. Back, back, and then, And then uh, he turned around, yeah, I got to tell you. And, somebody, and he told me that. Uh. My God, I mean, it's can't even imagine. Yeah, it was terrible. I was... So, um, yeah, it was terrible, 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 terrible. And... I had, I had, I had guys like I remember, like uh, after a game in um, in the Philly again. Yeah, I was in Philly. Uh, Jacques Demers had to announce Ron that that his father passed away suddenly.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'll never forget the yelling and the crying and the Tugger totally lost it, and then you could feel that, and everybody were in the room like. Yeah. you're frozen you don't know what to do you don't know you, you that guy is losing it and then uh, it lasts a good 10-15 minutes so the game the game and whatever it's, just, it's it's that's not important anymore it's just like wow I mean, this guy just lost his dad and he wasn't sick at all just a heart attack mm-hmm. i guess so you get to live hard stuff definitely uh like when uh, Trent trend mccleary got hurt yeah uh, fucking his throat and oh yeah. he was across the ice and by the time he skated to the bench he, he lost it he was already blue and they, they barely saved his life yeah because uh, they couldn't cut it that was like just all like trash and yeah. whatever so that's those are moments that it's incredible what there.
1: Dr. Mulder did then right when, yeah. saved and his and life Dr. Mulder wow. and,
0: and and Dr. Uh, Schaffler Schaffler what was it the, the other doctor yeah I don't know at the time but that it happened to be there Yeah. so uh yeah so I mean and, and he left with ambulance. And Doug Mulder said, if ever there was a little bit of snow, just a little bit of traffic, he wouldn't make it. Yeah. Nobody would make it. So they said they're live. Uh, That's unbelievable. It's what about the brawl in yeah.
3: Philly? What was your. T- I always hear the one version from like the security guard came in, Knox. You always talk about. Were you, oh, yeah. The brawl in Philly. Were, were you there for that? Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember before the game with Dave Brown? <laughs> <laughs> it was just. A...
0: I, no, it was at the forum. Yeah, that was at the form. I think that was the year before I came in. Oh, okay. No? I'm not
3: oh, pretty it sure was, I was before. right? Or it, that
0: was in 86 during the year because I came only in playoffs. So yeah. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember no, it was in the TV. playoffs. <laughs> it was in the playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs, okay. Yeah. but The year before. Yeah. The year no, before. you weren't there. Yeah, yeah. Because I right. didn't play Philly. In 86, I didn't play Philly. And, so and speaking of really those
1: fun. teams, right, Philly, Boston yeah. going in there, how was it for you as a trainer? Because you know these guys that are scared mm. shit. Now – yeah, and you knew who was scared, right? But could you see yeah. the difference, you know, going oh, into yeah. those De- buildings and see guys?
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. And guys are human, you know. Yeah. They're you know they're they're only human. And I remember, like in the, well, it was worse in Boston for us because we had to walk through the fans yeah. to go in our bench. Oh yeah, and <laughs> you know where the bars are. People drunk, and then the <laughs> restaurants. So like there was like five or six cops escorting us, but they hated us as much as these guys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They they wouldn't do much, I guess. So, and, and, Someone forgets something. Oh, I forgot my mouthpiece. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot my. You so I have to back. run back <laughs> by myself. You're like, I'm not even playing By myself. <laughs> oh my god! Road runner, me me. Yeah. <laughs> walk back. I'm <laughs> with my step and stuff uh, and then go in the room and then <laughs> race back again. Oh my god! But that was like a, the garden was really intimidating. The garden was like right. That was in the days. I I I get the feel it was again like the days when the the Roman, you know, with the lions and all that. Yeah. I get the feel that's what it was. You know, guys were people were half of them were drunk and then the just a hit. Of, ah, kill my guy. And That was that's what it was. Yeah. You know, that was amazing. But you could you you could you could tell like players were in, some players were in different state of mind. All right, drew I want to
1: talk to uh, you about the Bergevin years and and Mark yes. coming in and. You know, listen, uh, he, he gets hired, he comes here, he, he worked in Chicago, he was an assistant GM, he was a scout, he did all the jobs, he came here, um, certainly an emotional guy. Um, yeah How, um, you know, I, I, I. it's so different now for the alumni, because when Berge was here, man, We and, and listen, I know it's these guys, it's their time, it's their locker room, I get all that. But you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. You know, back when I yes, played, yes. W- those yes. alumni around, how important it was, how yeah. that tradition. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, Bergie didn't want guys around because it, it it put too much pressure on the young kids. Okay,
0: okay. Burge when 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 he came in first, he did a lot of good stuff. He was relaxed. He was fun. Um, and then, and then Pierre Gauthier, the previous year, just like, it was like cutting budgets on everything. It was like, that was crazy. Like all of the teams in the league, they were upgrading the food, the restaurants, the hotel, and then Pierre Gauthier did the opposite. Oh. It was cutting on everything. Yeah. So, so when Burge came in, he changed a lot of stuff, like upgraded to the NHL standard, if you will. And after, like, I would say the first three, four, five years, that was kind of fun. And then things went south, uh, year after year after year. I don't know if it's stressed, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know what it is, honestly. But last couple of years, I was pretty miserable, you know, to be around him. And then nobody knew on what feet to stand, nobody knew how was gonna react, how you know, that's. He didn't care about the French language being Montreal. He he kind of forget about that. He he didn't care about the alumni or the old players. I don't know why he didn't care about that. I always said he would have been a much better GM. He would have been an assistant GM of a good GM for two, three, four years, like Mathieu D'Arche with Julian Breezeball. Like, you know, but he he didn't know No clue how to treat people, how to treat staff. He was kind of still a locker room guy yeah with players that was fine with coaches that was okay but with training people like people around you had no idea how you do it so it's not a bad guy no he's, i get uh, it in my book i say in my book i said it as it is and i don't think he's too happy about it but we went fishing together we did stuff together and then it, it turned out like he wasn't a, a totally totally different guy and when he left i heard from the, the Bell Center, like, security people and uh Asherettes and guys on the parking lot and all that. It was acting, like, way differently. Like, it was kind of – I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It kind of lost
1: it. Well, listen, you know, you know, I look at surge. I know Serge had a big say in him getting hired. And, mm-hmm. and Serge kind of looked at it like, well, I stepped out of the game, became a general manager. And you know here in Montreal it's important to have a French general manager, coach, and Burghe comes in and does that role and he and he fills fills that um role. And I, I don't think he ever tapped into Serge. Surge would have been the guy oh. to, to to like, hey, what yeah. do I do in this situation I think he just kinda went on his own and I think he surrounded himself with people I don't
0: like I don't like prison but Serge and Berge.
1: Yeah, no, but yeah, I, same think league. Serge, I think... In the big, same league. But I think that's what Serge was thinking. He could go, mm-hmm. you know... Serge even said it. He was in Chicago. He held all those positions. So, mm-hmm. okay, maybe he's ready for this. But my mm-hmm. thing was, he never tapped into Serge. And one, I don't think Berge managed people well. That was Serge's strong point. Managing people, situations. Mm-hmm. If something bad yep. happened... He didn't panic. He'd sit back, look at it. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. He
0: didn't panic. But exactly. But Serge, as a as a GM, you know, GM, it's not just like uh, your team, your players, and they make trades, and then that's yeah. it. It's way more than that. And 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 uh, and Burge wasn't interested in that at all. I mean, you know, Claudine, right? yeah. Claudine Crepin, she's yeah. been there for years, and then and then Claudius is an awesome person, and she, she – She just couldn't keep up with the work. She was alone, and she did everything, passports, taking care of people, family, our travel. That was unbelievable. So last three years, four years, I told her, I don't know how many times, and everybody did told her, she needs help, she needs, because the day she'll be gone, you'll be screwed. If she leaves for a medical reason for a few weeks, you're screwed. She's the only one that does everything, and never listened. he didn't care about that. didn't care about that at all. That was just like team, managing team. That's it. That was it. Yeah. But 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 again, he's not a bad person. It's just like when he had something in his mind, you couldn't change it. Yeah. So if for him the alumni weren't important, they weren't important. Yeah. You couldn't change it. You know, it's that's that's how it was. That's that's what happened when we lost Phil note. for five hundred thousand dollars a year. He had in his mind not not one penny more, and then. That's what happened. You know, I think there's not. more than... Then, m- same thing with Corey Perry. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Corey Perry. Corey was so important and then, what, two years? Give him two years. The second one he can't play, he'll be like assistant coach or something. A guy like that, you keep a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So important, but...
1: Uh, Jervy, that guess- doesn't pass the smell test for me. know, Over half a million dollars. <laughs> Berge, <laughs> Deneau goes to LA and Berge ends up there the next year? Come on. That doesn't... It just—it yeah, no, does not pass the smell <laughs> test with me. And and who brought Phil Deneau to Montreal from Chicago? Mark Bergevin. So that, I don't need to say anymore. It's stinks. <laughs> oh, that's a
0: good point. That's a good point. Yeah, very good point.
1: Um, I never thought about that one. <laughs> so, you know, the Bergevin years, we're here early years. Um, it's Time to name a captain: Subban, Pacioretty, um it, Two guys that couldn't be more different. One guy a little more introverted, more. Yeah. Mm, the other guy, yep. there's not enough air in the room for the rest of the guys.
2: <laughs>
1: what <laughs> happened there? Did, was it really a team vote? Was it? Yeah. And and let me let me ask you this: Do you think if it was a team vote, okay, and Subban? Got more votes than Pacioretty? Do you think
0: they? Well, that was that was really a team vote. Okay, I I, I know. But that I for wonder, a fact I, I wonder if, and I've I've heard there was only a vote for Subban. So there was only was.
3: one.
2: That's who? That's who what voted I've not seen
0: <laughs> who voted uh, for him. <laughs> <Subban>. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Dale Weese. <laughs> but uh, Dale Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that year, I always said yes it's important but it's not that important if you don't have the right guy you don't name one because anyways like these days if a coach wants to talk to a a guy or to to change a schedule thing or whatever he doesn't call the captain he calls the five or six Mm -hmm. veterans always the same thing so to me always been that way if you don't have the right guy you don't you go without captain that's it that's all you could have like three four five other players that are really good leaders but not enough to be a captain you know what i mean yeah so that that's my thought that that's my thought
1: so you talk in the book and you talk about pk in the room and loud and then and, yeah. and and yeah it, he you don't think he wouldn't have been able to be a good captain for no. this team yeah no, for no, sure no, right
0: no. The guys weren't taking seriously at all i mean uh, PK was a He's a great guy, actually. Yeah, he's a China super Europe. guy. He's he's PK. is a really nice guy, very polite. Uh, he never said no to me, to anybody, for Anagraph or a Sick Kid. I always wanted to meet them and all that. It was just too much, just way too much. He loves cameras. He loves attention. <laughs> he couldn't do anything without having a camera. He couldn't do anything like hospital. And he did some nice stuff for kids, but he always had his crew and put on his. Uh, on his website and all that, so that's 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 PK. You know that's that's how he is. And then he's going to be on TV next year or this yeah. year, I don't know when. But that's that's you know what It's going to be like a fish in a bowl. He's going to be like that's cameras in front of him. Hey, be, be perfect to him.
1: Be perfect. He'll be yeah. really
0: good. He'll be really happy. Yeah.
1: All right, and Max. Okay, so Max gets the the captain job. Yeah. And and what I will say about Max Pacioretty and um yeah, he grew up he kind of privileged lifestyle growing up I get that yep. when he was here in Montreal right six times he scored over 30 goals mm-hmm. at a time when goals were at a mm-hmm. bare minimum and it's yep. amazing what he did and not to throw gas in a match on the guys that played with him but he never really had a bona fide sentiment like let's mm-hmm. face it his true.
0: True. his best sentiment was who? David Dayané, maybe? He, he was a good player. Yeah. He was a good sniper. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with his attitude. I mean, yeah. like Camilleri was scoring a lot of it as well. You know, it was one-timer. Boom, boom, boom. But a guy like that, to me, well, you know, addressing him, yeah. right? So to me, if I'd be a coach, if I'd be a GM, even if a player like that is scoring 50 goals, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it. I want I want to have. Teammate, team guys, team So you person. found
1: him not to be a team guy, Max. He wasn't a good teammate.
0: That's that, that's what I found. Yeah. That's what I found. That was more like about him than about the team, you know. He's, I didn't say he wasn't caring about the team, but he's – let's say you win 9-1, if you had no points, he wouldn't be happy. He wasn't happy. So that's, uh, and if you take Gallagher today, if you win 9-1, he has no points. You'll be smiling. he will be having fun, yeah. and then the I five, and then you'll be. did you, you say that, something about like that's more what I mean? You know, yeah.
3: Didn't you say uh, something about with Patch Ready? had some machine that he wanted to bring, and you didn't have room for it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. What yeah. Machine that's machine was thing that?
0: <laughs> no, that's uh, a <laughs> dismo, dismo tech, I guess. It was kind of uh, with wire and yeah, stretching yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of stuff, okay. you know. And, and then what I didn't like is uh, it got personal, and then um, I had no room. I had no room, so the first guy that came to me was his train coach, and uh, and that machine was pretty big, you know, pretty big, yeah, pretty yeah. heavy, and we had no room. You know, Pierre or a truck driver. I mean, he could barely shut the door behind. <laughs> and then the guy, the medical staff, they were bringing tons of stuff, like like a massage table from the hotel yeah. for the hotel, and then for the rink and bunch of stuff. And I told him, I said, "Well, get the the medical people, the, the trainers." You take one thing out the the, the the truck, and I'll put it in. Even the air can, the mechanic, was taking it by loading. I talked to him about it. said, no, 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 no. So hey, I said, I don't know what to put the gear anymore. I don't know where to put it. Because, so and then but then he came in, and then I went to Patch, explained to him. So said, no, yeah. He was always, every time I went to him, I was fine with it. No, okay, Jerry, I understand. That's fine. And then from behind, another guy was coming in. And then all of a sudden, there was Burge coming in, because he went to Burge. <laughs> so... He, oh wanted to win that one. He really wanted to win that one. That pisses me off. And you know me a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So every time, <laughs> every time I was going to Patch, every time, very, like, partly, very politely, Patch, uh, Birch just came on of my office. Patch, I have no room. Yeah. Even if Jeff Molson comes to see me, he's going to have a, to get a bigger plane. I have no room. Yeah. There's no, no room. room. Talk to Joe, is the mechanic. He knew Joe. Talk to Joe and talk to our driver. I showed him a picture because I took a picture.
2: <laughs> Those big
0: two trucks, that was like at a wall. That was a wall. He had to push bags to shut that thing. <laughs> so there was no way that was going to fit. So every time I went back to him, and, and in front of me was like, oh, no, no, that's fine. That's what I understand. So almost last time I said, okay, who's next? Who's going to go next? Jeff and then the <laughs> prime minister? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I have no room. I have no room. So that's pisses me off a bit but that that's not the reason why I talk about him in the book it's because of everything mm-hmm. the old thing you know the way he was acting and then again I said it before uh, when he went to Vegas we played them a few months later and the, 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 the staff they can you know, before games sometimes we chat and we talk about this and that and, and then they came to us and said how was spent with you guys <laughs> not me asking them yeah, them then, asking you well he was uh, you know a little different different <laughs> oh, he play. and then and then you start saying, but that was that was the same over there, you know. Yeah. If for for one game you felt like bring ten sticks, you didn't care about the rest. Yeah. If you have twenty players, bring ten sticks for one game, can you imagine? Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't care. He didn't care. Just whatever. Just. You gotta. Bring the sticks you gotta the think
1: game. of those guys. You gotta think of those little things, Christ. When I is that that I remember my father. I come out of the forum one time after game and the kids were all around me. Hey, and I would sign autographs afterwards. He grabbed me. He said, listen, you make sure you keep your fucking feet on the ground. Don't get fucking big cheese. Think you're big shit, you know? Exactly. And exactly. that rung, that, that, you know, it rang true with me. And most hockey players are like that. Most of mm-hmm. them don't take that big cheese thing. And, and no. sometimes when you, when you, Act like that, it comes out and certainly gets around. It's not good, and it's too bad. I know Max personally, and I have a different relationship with him. He's been, you know, pretty, pretty good with me. I get it, but I also can see what you're talking about. There's no question. I've never been in the room, and I certainly take your word. And,
0: and, And you know what, Chris, you're right because I'm amazed. You know, hockey players, most of the time, they've been good all their life, they were the best. Mosquitoes, they were the best peewee, they yeah. were the best bantam, they, were, they had trophies, they won trophies, and your family is telling you you're the best, you're nice, you look good, and all that. So it's, it's tough on them. Like, and then you come in Montreal or the NHL, you're making money, you have all the girls you want, you, know, you go to the restaurant, people don't need you pay, you're, you know, you're, you're like a king everywhere. So it's tough to keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. It's very tough, but they do, most of them do. I have guys like even our side of a bit like Suzuki. Those kids, they, I love them because of that. It's it's
2: yeah.
0: wow, they, wow, man. They probably have good parents. They probably have good good agent. That and you have your father telling you that, and he, he was so right because it's so easy to lose it.
2: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so
0: easy to say, hey "Wow, everybody's telling you you're a king." You know, then you feel you're king, and then all of a sudden, you know. So I've been with players like not 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 very often, but I've been with, with guys uh, in some bars after a game and. Within half an hour, there was about 15 girls around them, and they you know, that was like champagne and crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's not a Bono or a Mick Jagger or whatever. This is like crazy, you know. <laughs> so it's tough on them to, to just yeah. to keep grounding, you know. But, but you're right, you're totally right.
1: All right, Jeriff, I want to ask you a couple. Just you've been generously your time. I appreciate it. Hey, what my pleasure What is your now not hockey your favorite city in the league to go to? Mm.
0: Boston is the one. Yeah, uh-huh. I love Boston. Right, I love Boston. Boston is uh, wow. Well, no, I didn't history. set this up, people. All you listeners out I didn't no, set this no, no, up. No, 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 He's talking no, about no, my no, hometown, no, no. not Chicago, <laughs> Tim. I love, I love Chicago. No. I love Vancouver. I love, but but Boston to me is every time I've been there so many times too. And even in the summertime, I go down the main. I always go to Boston with the kids and yeah. spend the day, and then the the food the restaurant the ocean the uh, like I said the history uh, I love Boston what a sports city as well it's yeah. a great city for sport I mean basketball baseball everything's big there mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I I love Boston what city did you hate no Boston Winnipeg that and the Buffalo are the are
1: are the winners are the winners v-
0: v- Winnipeg, Winnipeg and Hoop, I mean Berg, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo 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 yeah Buffalo mm. yeah that's it's, it's you can't help it. It's just apparently Buffalo is a beautiful suburb. Good. Never saw that. But <laughs> <laughs> I always stayed downtown, and I mean, my last few years, like the downtown Buffalo was looking more like uh, Ukraine is looking now than, uh, than the, the, the real city. I mean, you remember back then that there, there was that main street and there was yeah. like uh, stores and all that. Yeah. Lately, like. You got seven stores closed for one open. And even during the day, it's, 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 you don't feel. It's a quiet city. Around. Yeah. 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 It's a quiet city. So you have a lot of people that are walk no cops around. So even during the day when you can even, you don't feel safe walk a city, it's not good. But Winnipeg is the same thing. Yeah. Winnipeg is the same. You walk in Winnipeg during the day and oh my God, it's, it's.
1: Well, I, of I, I often t- – people ask me about Buffalo when I play, and I said it's a city they forgot to finish, you know. They started building it, they, <laughs> and, and, and they looked at it, and they said, you know what, this isn't going to work. This is shitty. Let's go home. They took the tools and went home, for Christ's sake. But good one. Remember the old, the old building, huh? Remember oh, the old building? God. Oh,
0: my God. That was so cold in that room. Oh, my God,
1: it was, you know. Um, that dressing
0: room, that was like, I guess, like – that was five degrees, and then you turn the heat on, and it's within a minute, it's yeah. ninety degrees. Turn
1: it off, it's five below. I remember we had oh the kid God. in the room. There was a locker room attendant, big kid, tall kid, and I told his name was Butchie, and I Butchie. I told yeah, all the rookies who would come in, you know, and you know he was a little different looking kid. He, he, yeah, he, you know, wasn't the handsomest guy in the world, but he looked scary.
0: <laughs> so I told the
1: guys in the room all the rookies who come I, I said the, the, see the kid over there Butchie The a locker room attendant he said yeah yeah I would say he murdered his whole family back <laughs> 10 years ago he he killed them with an axe and <laughs> I remember telling telling I don't know I think it was Wickenheiser when he came in and Wick was like really I mean, yeah so I and oh, I never said no everybody always looked at poor Butch like he was an murderer. Really, what's
3: he doing here yeah, yeah like I said he got he never out. Asked for he's done a lot yeah. of therapy
1: and he's he's good now but um Jeff when you look at the the players today what what the hell is the biggest difference between the guys today and the guys, say, in the 80s, 70s. Do you think there's a feeling of entitlement somewhat somewhere? Remember back in the day how you had to work really? And, and I'm not knocking I these kids. I, I love what I see out there nights. There's a lot of talent and all but, that. What What is it that's so different?
0: Those kids now, most of them go to school, to college. So they come a little more educated. Yeah. And then they have the best techniques. They have good strain coach that start working with them mm-hmm. early. So they're more today they're more like Olympians than in the days. You know, in the days that was a game, a tough game to play and all that. Now they're more Olympians than they used to be. So they're like all just well, all very polite, all well shaved, all you know, this and that. So that's uh Is it better or is it worse? Well, if it's for the game, yes, it's better. For for you know, you can see those guys are in shape. They come in shape. They come – they have better tools that you guys had in the days. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Better better surrounding, better tools. Uh, Even within the team now, it's crazy how many people there is. I mean, crazy. Last year, there's a nutritionist and three-strength coach. and It's like – it's. you know, it's almost like a shopping a shopping yeah. mall in there. It's like crazy, too many people. To me, way too many people. So, but hey, it's all for them, and then yeah. to them to uh, to them to uh, take advantage of it. How about but guys are different, different.
1: How about the iPads? Do you yes. like the fucking iPad? I want to smash them no. fucking iPads.
0: You? No, seriously. If I'd be a coach, I would say TV timeout you look at them if you want, not during the play. And I, my last couple of years, I spent so much time giving the, iPads, yeah. collecting the, iPads, you, you have, the iPad, connecting the iPad. give me the iPad. Pick up on the floor because the guys, the hey, you know, next, next thing, the tour, iPad, and then, no, that, that, that kills me. That kills me. Well, there's Between, probably no the guys. The TV timeout. Go ahead. TV timeout. Yes, when the plays on, look at your teammates, look at the play, look at the game. To me. Well, I was gonna say the. the uh, I don't know how to say it. Like back in the
3: day, like you'd go out and explore a city, have a beer with the guys. Now they just play like video yep. games,
0: don't no, they? No, no. <laughs> like they? They go they in their room. They, they don't go, leave the hotel. They all have big bags. <laughs> yeah. You leave you leave for you leave for one game. They have big bags, mm-hmm. you know, and all that and it's heavy. So they have all their you know whatever it is. Right. I don't have a nuclear, but you don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. So they go a their restaurant a little bit, they have a cup of Diet Coke and then or chocolate milk and then you know, they gather in their room and they play their game and then you see them walking the old ways. They're all like in, the, you know, they're dressed like almost in pajamas, <laughs> ready to go to bed. <laughs> so that's what it is now. That's what it was now.
1: Yeah. I got just a couple more here, Drew. I'm going to let you go. I mean, I really appreciate it again. Um, yeah. I, I got to ask you about Jonathan right, Drouin. He came here, the expectations were so high with this kid. He signed his contract. I remember when he came, and and you know, this town is not easy town to play in. I'll go back to Doug Wickenheiser. You weren't here. Wick had such a hard time making that adjustment. The expectations were so high. I think they were high for Jonathan Drew, and it's been disappointing. Yep. I know he got injured. I know he had some issues and all that. But, yep. but put that aside, like, has it was, been pretty disappointing from that standpoint, from the hockey standpoint with him? Because, boy, you know, he just didn't come close to what I think what people wanted. Well, I expected I, from
0: him. I, 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 as you mentioned, he's 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 a good kid. He's yeah. very polite. He's a very good kid with us. Uh, when he said he had some issues, I could picture picture. You know, I could picture it. I could figure it out because I didn't know. But when he came out with that, I could see a little bit. And then um, he's. Um, I don't know. I hope that because he's got so much talent. He's got so much talent, but he has prompt to adjust, I guess, to the game. Not only in Montreal, just with other players or I think he has prompt to adjust. But he's a great kid and I wish him, you know, all the best for him and for the team. Yeah. He played the last couple of games, he played pretty good, yeah. I guess. So but it's every time it goes for a few games, it falls back. It's, it's it seems like can't consist that so, right So exactly. Mm. He can't keep that up. But hopefully every time I'm telling myself, hopefully this time is the right time. Hopefully he's gonna you know, but he's, he's taking himself now. He had a kid. He's taking himself, and um, hopefully that'll be the right time.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Now, you've been yep. around a lot of superstar players, goaltenders, Patrick Waugh, yep. Kerry Price. Um, you know, you said in your book you didn't see that coming when he had to go and get help and all that, but you weren't, yep. You yep. weren't with him all summer. Uh, Kerry mm-hmm. Price, boy, you just – You wanted to see him win that Stanley Cup. He's done everything else in the game. But, boy, talk a little bit about Kerry. I I guess maybe what people don't know about Kerry Price because, boy, he's taken a lot of heat lately because he's, you know, supported hunting. He's hunting. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, Kerry's such a nice person. He's a nice, deep person. I know his parents. His parents are great parents, great people, and his father is, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's almost a shy person. And then, Price has been uh, he's been brought up in the right the right way, the right family. Uh, if someone in the NHL would have deserved to win the cup, it's him, yeah. definitely, because he won he won everything else, and uh, we came close. And in twenty one, as you know. And that was very tough on him. And that was very tough on Webby.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, very, very tough. I mean, you've seen, I've seen the uh, guys like pretty sad and crying all that after, you know, the playoff, And that's totally human, totally normal. But Webby, at least 45 minutes, couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. Could, you could tell it was. And then Pricey mm-hmm. about the same thing, you know, when he, he's been suffering so much. Uh, if people suffer the 100% of Kerry, what he did. Uh, I remember like after games in, the, in Montreal, uh, okay, I used to leave, you know, go for, meet my friends for a drink or bite to eat, whatever. Come back an hour later, an hour and a half later and then go into the dressing room, to up my stuff and Kerry was still there on the table with ice bag and all that. Everybody's gone. Everybody's long time gone. And he's there with the medical people. And So that's uh, that's Kerry Price. He's got a big, big heart. I understand what he wanted to do by protecting his people with those rifles. Yeah. I understand that, but no one said they couldn't hunt anymore. Nobody mm. said they couldn't do it. Just like that, you don't go hunt with that. You know with that? Yeah. The, those those bazookas. <laughs> you know. You,
2: a machine yeah, yeah, gun. That, that's
0: yeah. Yeah, a machine gun or exactly or AK 17 whatever. And then those uh, those handgun. You don't hunt with that. Yeah. So. The rifle he has in that picture—it's—it's it's, it's perfect. They don't—they won't take it They weren't him. challenging
1: that, but—but—but yeah. but, yeah. but
0: still, still, always thought that they should stay away from that.
1: Yeah, they should stay, stay away, away from, from that. politics.
0: Stay no. away, and their wife, their wives. I mean, same thing. You know, Jeff Petrie—that took him out of town because his wife owned that land, and. If I'd be a player, I would tell my wife, you know what? Stay out of it. Yeah. Stay away from You're not the, in the house. I'll be done. I'll be done in a few years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm done in a few years. Then you could go out. <laughs> For now, just be patient. It seems like the wife, I don't know if they want to be somebody too, or I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah. hey, but this shouldn't, this shouldn't go there. They should stay quiet and then one day we'll have no chance. Well, you, my own
1: opinion. You, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I love the fact mm-hmm. that my, and we didn't have social media back in the day. But my wife never got yeah, in yeah, the yeah. middle of that stuff back oh. uh, in the yeah. day, and that's exactly. a good thing because exactly, yeah, yeah, really good thing. Yeah. I got one can question, you, Pierre. What was, go
3: right ahead. Yes. What was Timothy? it like as a trainer uh, during the whole COVID period? Was oh,
0: you, oh my, hello, good job. That Tim. was like, uh, well, yeah, exactly, well. Well, that was bad for everybody, mm-hmm. right? That was bad for everybody. At least we kept working. At least we kept having, uh, we had those 300 something tests that that was every morning. But at least I was getting out of the house. I was doing my job, which some people couldn't do. Uh, I found it very tough. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we, had, we had to adjust like with all the toiletries and all that, you know, we had to make bags for everybody. We to, that was oh. tough, you know, working with masks all the time. That month in Toronto, uh, I found it really, really tough. Uh, I was going a little cuckoo myself, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. honestly. I can, I can understand people now, what they go through, because me I always want to be at home. I always miss my house, miss my dogs, my kids, but I always, I'm a guy that was always missed, even on the road, even if you're in LA, it's nice, it's fun, but I'd rather be home, mm-hmm. you know, which I am today, every day. And being a month, yeah, it's a nice hotel and all that, but it's, it was insane, you know, couldn't go, your room, the meal room, and the dressing room. That was those three places, that was it. So we had, we were like fourteens in the hotel. We had each a floor. And me, I'm used to go outside. I live in the country here, the monster, I'm, used. I'm always outside, I always do outdoor stuff. And uh, you know, for a player, like uh, I was talking about Gallagher. Well, Galley we have a day off a Sunday, what he did and he watched like four movies and he's a potato couch. when he's not when he's had a day off he doesn't do anything so for him that was fantastic i mean (laughs) hey but for a guy like me i found it really tough and i'm I'm not the only one i'm not the only one but anyways that's something worse in life and honestly uh philly beat us and i was almost hoping that he beat us I had
1: enough. Yeah, that's, had enough. that's tough, no question. With long grinding, yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, certainly yeah. Dom Duchamp during that time, you know, getting COVID, being out, and you know, yeah, you did yeah. mention he never had the room, and a guy like Luke mm-hmm. did, but um, you know, did just, just that whole time and everything didn't help him either. There's no question, no, no, about no, it. oh,
0: do no, you know, definitely, but definitely, but I don't think it would have changed much, anyways. I don't yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Like Jean Perron, yeah. COVID, no COVID, yeah. whatever. I mean, it was what it was. Well, Dom, that's the same thing. I mentioned in my book. He's a very nice guy. He's a good hockey head. I have no doubt about that. He's a good hockey head, but he missed a lot of stuff. And you know what? Some people are telling me, well, maybe he won't find a job because of that, because I've said this. But maybe if he finds a job, that, that will help him. Yeah. He's going to pay more attention to that. That's the way I see it. Yeah. But again, I, I accept to say the real thing. And Mattias never pushed me, never, ever, ever. Whatever's in the book, it's from me. So, again, I wish I had to say something nice about everybody, but it's not the case. Yeah. And, and does the that was his big, that was a big, big, how should I say this? Uh, that was a, a not a good side for him. That was not a good, really good, to, not a good thing for him. Not. Because you know, you you know, it's gonna mean because you have to be organized. You have to win a coach. Yeah. Players need to feel. They need to feel that you you control everything. You are the control, and you you, you organize. It. You, you have boom, to be boom, assertive. Like of, yeah, Ex- exactly. That's the first step. To me, that's the first step. Yeah, and not had that one. So well, I had guys like Alain Vigneault, Alain Vigneault, Claude the day Julien, before. oh yeah, Claude Julien, yeah. Alain Vigneault had. Uh, before they gave us the line for the next morning's practice yeah and some coaches like 30 minutes before practice they still figure it out yeah I mean players they know it they make jokes out of it they feel it you know they, they
2: yeah
0: its a, they pretend that they're showing the dice and then you know that's <laughs> that's not good no. when you organize, and of course like things change like injuries or sickness whatever but you have to be organized you have to stick your schedule as much as you can and then like those those two days that he switched, that I mentioned, in the book, those two days that are now in Man- 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 When he had them practice in a, Calgary? That was a big, big yeah. mistake. Yeah, that. Yeah. that was a big, big mistake. I mean, he felt that he had to put his – I understand a part of his, you know, thing. He felt he had to put his uh, – Thumbprint. He, he put his plan, 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 whatever. But when you have a bunch of veterans like that, and then
1: – They get off a plane. they did
0: at the end of the day, that didn't change anything. That didn't change anything yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. That actually made things worse for him. Yeah. That's
1: what it did. Well, listen, Pierre I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I wish you nothing but success in the book. And listen, I get where you're coming from, too. I have nothing but respect for you over the years. You've always been Thank good to me. Thank you very much. I've seen what you've done with players. I've seen how you treated players, and you treated them all well. I just – you did your job. You kept your mouth shut. You never got involved. And uh, I'm I'm happy you wrote this. And it, yeah, if you did ruffle some feathers, oh well. Um, you know, I've ruffled plenty of feathers in my lifetime, and <laughs> you'll did you yeah and you'll survive this, and you'll get through this, and hopefully you get a nice little payday at the end. Fine, yeah, well, and yeah. and yeah. I wish you. Uh, just a great retirement. It's, you're home now. You're able Wattles. to do things with your family. You're a good man. You're a good Thank man. Thank you
0: very much. Thank you very much. And it's like, likewise. I mean, I have so much respect for you. I always had so much respect for you for what you did as a teammate, as a player, as a, in your life. And then, uh, this is awesome. Right, Tim?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, he's an awesome man. Exactly. As most of you know, I'm a dog person. I have a St. Bernard. Her name is Adele. Why do I feed Adele formula raw? Because I love her. I want to provide her with a healthy, well-balanced, locally sourced diet. A diet that consists of meat, chicken, fish, mixed with fruits and vegetables that her 140 pounds requires. I also feed her formula raw because it helps her overall energy, it helps her with allergies, and helps strengthen her overall immune system. Dimitri and Nick at Formula Raw have worked tirelessly over the last 10 years to perfect their recipe and they've got it because you know how I know? Adele loves it. She never, never misses a meal and she's a healthy, big, beautiful St. Bernard. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles Podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend.